Welcome to Event Up, the place where people enthusiastic about events stay in the know on the latest trends within the events industry. Live, hybrid, and virtual experiences. From virtual events to conferences, award galas, and everything in between. Here's your host, Amanda Ma. Welcome to Event Up. In this episode, we will be discussing the state of the industry, current virtual platform trends, and everything in between. I'm very excited because today I'm joined by John Biadmo. John is the head of sales for US for Venue IQ, the award-winning virtual hybrid and live event platform. He's in charge of growing the US market, building a team, and generating awareness. His goal is to provide the event industry with inspiration for the entirety of the event in addition to the tech solution. Prior to Venue IQ, John spent nearly six years at BizBash and was the co-chair of business development and networking for MPI in the Washington DC area. Winning the President's Award, which I'm not surprised, for event planning services to the association. Now, John, let's jump right in. Let's do it. Thanks for having me, Amanda. Excited to have you on the show. I know we met through BizBash, so so excited to have you and just see what you can bring to the table. How did you get started in this industry, John? Well, I think it's it's fun because every every single person I talk to uh, has a different way that they got into events, right? Um, but mine was actually in, in college. I was doing full-time school, full-time work, and political campaigning and um, extracurriculars. So I helped plan... Um, phone banks and fundraisers and really, and even a concert at one point and really kind of got a knack for the events world. Um, and then after college, I did a year at Yelp and learned about the sales world and sales process and had a conversation with David Adler and it blew my mind, right? This is somebody who just has all this knowledge of the events industry. And I thought, I, I need to work for this person and, and just learn everything I can. Um, had no idea it was going to go six years, uh, but it, it just it spanned multiple states and, uh, and three different titles and, and was just a, a lot of fun. Um, and this venue IQ opportunity came about because I was really looking for that opportunity to, um, to really run my own sales team and really help people grow. And so this, this was the perfect opportunity. And we kind of laid out the mission before day one, where we were really going to help the events community. I, I couldn't help it. I, I was at BizBash for so long that, that I have to help the events community. And it goes beyond just Hey, I'm John. I'm going to sell you a piece of technology. I can't do that. Um, to the what I can do is, um, hey, I'm John, and I'm going to help um, you as an event planner with every aspect of your event. And by the way, we have technology that'll help you. Um, so that's really the the kind of the opportunity that we have. That's awesome. And I feel like you're very authentic from day one when I met you. It was more like, mm -hmm. how can I help you, right? Versus like, please buy advertising for us. <laughs> it was yep. never like that and that's why we kind of stay connected and really you know our relationship develop over time so i'm so happy to have you on our podcast today so what Me is too. something you know given that we just went through the pandemic what is something that you're very proud of professionally that took place recently and why 
Well, um, in addition to uh, coming on board Venue IQ as the head of U.S. sales, um, just just last week I was part of I put together a panel discussion for Event Tech Live in the U.S. and Canada. Um, they did a virtual conference, and I put together a panel called Hybrid Event Essentials. And originally it was just going to be myself and my co-founder, Oliver, and we could have made that work, but I wanted to bring in some really diverse, unique perspectives in the industry. Um, so I brought in my, my good friend who, uh, Trish Simitakos, owner of Trish Star Events. I was on her show about a year ago while still at BizBash. And then also Lillian Shen, uh, the director of marketing at Court, who just did the BizBash Connect event in Vegas and had a ton of insights and lessons learned from that. And I just thought that would be a really dynamic panel. And what was so cool about that was that we, uh, you know, I was moderating that and I kept bringing in um, questions and comments from the chat the entire way through. So we actually stayed, people stayed 15 minutes after the panel was supposed to end, which is like unheard of for a 45 minute discussion. Usually people are tapping out but people just kept wanting to dialogue and, and it was really just great uh, conversation. So I was really proud of that. That's usually an indication that people are engaged and they like what they're hearing and the need that's out there. Right? Yeah, because people given are busy. That, yeah. <laughs> and given that you're now in the virtual platform event space, what are some current trends that you're seeing? Yeah, so definitely I, I've seen a couple of, of things in the, in the, in the tech world specifically that, uh, that I, I like, there, there's really kind of that school of thought of let's, let's either have a solution where everything's in one ecosystem, kind of like the Apple model of everything is, is in one, or do you work with others? And, and so one of the things that really interested me about Venue IQ is that, um, is that regardless if you want to use our reg or you want to use another, like a, like a, like a Swugo, which I do recommend to people because of the fact that the BizBash marketing team loves them. And I got a ton of great feedback on that, but we have our own reg. If you, if you want to go, go that route too. So just the, the ability to give event planners choices, um, it, it, because they know what's best for their event. We can give recommendations. We can give consultative advice, but at the end of the day, um, I just want to make it as easy as possible for an event planner to just create a dynamic experience, whether it's all virtual, hybrid, or some face-to-face. -face. And I can tell you last year when the pandemic hit, as we pivot, we pivoted to virtual, we here at our agency, you know, we looked at at least over 40 virtual platforms, but extensively, not just mm -hmm. like on the surface, because we yeah. were look really looking for that quote unquote one platform one size that serves all, but we realized that's not the case, right? But definitely the platform that we usually go with are the one that can make our life easier. <laughs> you know, there's some, they're like, oh yeah, we don't do registration. So we had to do registration on Cvent and then connect it to this virtual platform. And right. then, you know, the data don't match up. So when you find that really seamless virtual experience and that's easy for the consumer, yeah. You know, and then they know how to log on easily, log on, like find what they're supposed to find. You would think this is like common sense, but it's not, right? Sometimes you make it too hard, too complicated, and people just abandon the experience, which is what we don't want, right? We're building up to a really good experience. 
And John, yeah. you know, people, you know, you probably hear this a lot where we say the virtual is here to stay, right? Because a lot of us, and even with our clients, we saw a lot of success within the virtual space. But now the world's starting to open back up. So mm -hmm. what are some trends that you see or best mm -hmm. practices for hybrid events? Yeah. Um, so this was a really, like I said, putting the panel together for hybrid event essentials was so fun because um, not only did I bring a lot of insight, but I learned a lot from the other panelists. Um, and and I, I think kind of a couple of things to keep in mind if you're thinking about a hybrid event is number one, um, making sure that you're dedicating equivalent time to the virtual kind of web portal component and the face-to-face -face element, right? Are you um, bringing in vent interactive vendors, maybe a cocktail uh, mixology session for your virtual attendees? Because we know that live and face-to-face, -face, there are inherent benefits to that, right? People get to hug each other or elbow bump or whatever they want to do. Um, and there's that kind of um, humanity aspect of just everybody seeing each other after 15 months. So for the virtual side, instead of, you know, so, some people like to have these 3D, you know, the Sims-esque experiences. And, you know, with some things, that's a great fit. But for something more simple, like an educational event um, or a multi-day kind of conference with a lot of content, um, you know, how are you just kind of keeping it simple uh, and, and really accessible for, for the people that are attending, regardless of if they're live or virtual. So um, definitely having virtual only content is big. Um, having uh, a, a seamless experience where you, you can have a, a, a really everything talking to each other. So having uh, the, the, the kind of the web portal talk to the app and vice versa um, and, and, and someone you know, really making sure that you're, you're choosing a provider whether it's us or somebody else, where they've devoted a lot of time into their app. Because now that we're getting into hybrid and we're getting into face-to-face, -face, the app is going to come, come back as a, as a tool to help attendees navigate the events. So really making sure that you have a web portal, an app that really talk to each other, making sure that you're setting up opportunities like one-on-one -on -one appointments, so that regardless of if you're attending the event um, from anywhere in the world or you're actually at the venue, um, you can really engage in it in a great way with both. That's awesome. Because I know the connectivity, I love what you said, that connectivity is super important. You know, we actually have a lot of clients asking us like, okay, so this hybrid. So how do they interact with each other? People that are virtual and the people that are in person. Right, making sure the solution that we provide to our clients has that connectivity. So you guys actually play a super crucial role. So John, given this conversation, where do, where are we where do you think we're headed in terms of the event industry? We had such a disruption last year. Yeah. Where are we going from this point forward? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of guesswork involved in this, right? But but I think that what, what we're seeing is slowly, in the U.S. at least, things starting to open up. We've seen a, a few events that went really well in Las Vegas. Um, MPI's event uh, went really well at uh, Caesars. And, um, and so that's happening. Orlando, Florida, another place where there's been a couple of really great events. Um, so there's that there's that live piece that is going to come back because human beings we crave that connectivity right but at the same time 
you have to think about corporate budgets and think about the restrictions that are in place. People are realizing that the deals can get done and the work can get done with fewer travel opportunities, with fewer live experiences. And so I think you're going to see a, a balance where virtual and hybrid are going to play a role um, for, for quite some time. But it's going to be in in a in a capacity that I, that I do think will will get more um, limited. It, I do think it's going to be kind of this mix where you have live events, but you're going to be much more purposeful about the live events that you have. So uh, so Priya Parker, uh, her book Art of the Art of Gathering, one of my favorite books because it talks about that purpose um, of your event. Why are you? Why are you getting together? And I think that's going to be become more important than ever to really have the why behind every single face-to-face -face interaction and conference that 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 takes place. It's true. So I think you know we're definitely on the right path because for every event, whether it's live, virtual, and hybrid, we always start with the why, right? We have KPIs in place. We don't just do an event for a reason. And to be honest, that's why I got into the industry because I was attending so many events where they didn't really fulfill the why mm -hmm. and it was not exciting. I was ready to go, you know, so I thought someone needs to do this better and level up the experience, you know. So it's so great to have someone who's like-minded here today. And where do you think in terms of the event tech, right, like the debate? Yeah, so, so there's been some conversation and on uh, protecting data versus keeping it for as, as long as three years. And I, I really do think that we need to be respectful of uh, event planners and attendees and, and the data that we collect. So Venue IQ um, is in a particularly interesting position because we started in 2015 in the UK. And so GDPR has been a thing for, year, for, for a while at this point in the UK. Um, so definitely taking that mindset um, but, you know, in the debate, there were quite a few other platforms that are of the same mindset um, that you, you really want to want to protect people's um, personal info as best you can. Yeah, very important. We, we work with a lot. One of the industry we work with a lot with is banking and financial. So they're always like, OK, what's the security on this? Talk yep. to me about that first. Yeah. Right? And some of the platforms are so secure, they can't even get in. <laughs> So that's another, right. issue. you know, that's a whole separate yeah. thing is like, is like balancing and, and tiptoeing that line between accessibility and security, right? So do you have a six digit code? Do you have an, an OTP where every single time it changes? Um, do you have two factor? Um, you, you know, what is that kind of balance? And I really do think it's up to the, the sector um, of, of, of the event uh, planning organization, the company that you're working with. Yeah. And that's why it's important to have a partner like you guys who understand that, you know, finding the right balance for everything. So what would you recommend in terms of interactivity? Yeah. Um, so this is something that, that came about. We, uh, on, on our other event tech live discussion, we, we did something called the seven pillars of interactivity. Um, and there's going to be an article published about that. And really it goes into when you're thinking about a virtual event, um, which still is a conversation a lot of people are having, more so now in Canada and in the UK and in places like that. Um, but how do you make your event dynamic? Even if you have a live component, 
how are you helping the virtual attendees have a similar experience? So some of the recommendations include mentalists um, and having uh, kind of a, a 30 minute uh, mentalist session, maybe even an opening reception. A um, couple of years ago, uh, Liz King's event, uh, the Taxi Talk, uh, she, she brought in Max Major as the host. And that was actually one of the first events I ever went to at BizBash. Um, so it was cool because it, it brought in an element that we don't normally think of for an MC, right? So things like, like a mentalist, um, a trivia session. Um, we had, we had a, um, one of the, the premieres for the, the Alienist on TNT um, actually did a, a murder mystery uh, theme where you had people, of course, virtually, but then they, they mailed everybody a detective kit. So it, it kind of was that, was that mixed medium approach of virtual as well as hard mail, um, maybe a 15 minute yoga break or a meditation session. There's so many great vendors who are doing that. Um, mixology is another one. Um, you know, our uh, friends uh, in, in DC, Cocktail Curations, uh, they do a fantastic job with that. Um, that's where I first got exposed to the virtual cocktail making class. Um, but Rach Green Cocktails is another one. That does she does a fantastic job um, with a variety of events for for couples and for larger. So, so just those type of things, I feel like people need to think about when you're when you're constructing an event. How do you make it fun and bring the fun for? every type of event, whether it's a medical conference or whether it's a, a corporate, like still you want to have an engaging experience no matter what your, your conference is like. So that, that's what we tried to, to bring to the table. And that's what we will be bringing to the table um, in, in all of our future content uh, to really help the event planner in, in every aspect. And we love to have fun, you know, I, and I a hundred percent agree with you, whether it's medical conference or Gala or you know whatever you're doing that fun is definitely mm -hmm. needed right because when it's not fun people leave they're not mm -hmm. engaged and a lot of the events you talk about like making it interactive you know whether it's the murder mystery like I know we send out kids as well for the murder mystery and they have costumes Amanda's going to be this other character having that kid send out beforehand one yeah. reminds them of the event coming up and two engagement right yeah. so it's so much fun notice in the industry as you go from biz bash to your new role now running the u.s sales for venue iq yeah it's it's interesting because i just i just read an article in, in meetings and conventions the other day about um kind of like going over to the dark side so to speak and the event pros um and 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 you we we all know these people not just myself who have gone from um event publications and and other other initiatives or they're an event planner for a, a, a corporation even and they go to the event tech world and what it's doing is it's bringing new perspectives so you know i bring with me to venue iq um, six, you know, six years at BizBash, um, two years event planning for MPI and doing events like Get Hooked, you know, on the on the Spirit of Washington Yacht and Derby Days and just some of these types of events. Um, and, and so bringing that perspective to a tech company elevates the entire conversation. And I think that's what we need to be doing in the event tech industry. Instead of saying, hi, like, let's demo this technology let's have a conversation about the entire experience and let's lock arms 
let's let's go on an adventure together um, through the entirety of the after we we do a deal. The my, the most fun part for me is after that, right? Actually helping plan the event and like bringing together all these different things, and and that's why I'm also creating a um, something else that that kind of from that mindset, the venue IQ uh, preferred vendor list. So what I'm doing is, um, in addition to people who I already know, I'm putting it out there for anybody to be considered um, to fill out a form. And actually, if you're a venue, if you're a caterer, um, it, as long as you service somewhere in North America, um, we can we can figure something out, right? So just really trying to to bring that up that up a notch um, to to where I felt it was before, um, you know, the last year. First of all, we need to be a preferred vendor, so make sure you send me the link. <laughs> Secondly, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, some of these virtual platforms, when we first look at it, we're like, uh, they do not consult an event agency or event planner. Yeah. It, this is not how we would design a virtual event, right? Someone yeah. needs to talk to us. And to be honest, I actually did sit on a few consulting roles where they reach out and they say, hey, what do you think about our platform? And mm -hmm. I say, oh, let me tell you, <laughs> like, this works, this doesn't work. And yeah. Why? Right? Because it's yeah. from a different mindset. Yeah. And what I like, um, and, and this is not just the case with Venue IQ, by the way, this is the case with a few where we're not taking funding, we're bootstrapped, right? So we have two co-founders. And so if somebody has a, a, an interest in something that we currently don't offer, a lot of people, a lot of companies, because they are, uh, you know, dealing with um, getting ROI for their investors, and they're focused on how many sales can we bring in and, and let's boil a room style, get as many sales as we possibly can. What we can do is really listen to the individual customer. And when they, when they want a new feature, as long as the budget's there, then we can, we can work on uh, our dev team to bring that in um, to, the, to, to the platform. So, that, so what this looked like um, you know, when, when we explored it versus what it looked like a year ago, versus what it looked like two years ago is wildly different because of the feedback and the needs of every single um, event organizer who we've worked with from Marie Claire to, um, to Founders Forum. They all wanted something that, um, that maybe we didn't quite offer. And so that, that's, the that's the type of uh, process that we go through. So really you know, think about that. Think about you know, the customer and, and what what the needs are and, and really evolve. How are you evolving the platform based on, like you said? Yeah, I love our feedback. conversation, John. I mean, what, so what do you think are some of the regional and global differences yeah. in terms of events and where it comes to selecting virtual versus hybrid versus? Yeah. So this is, this is a, a fun one because it, it really is so different in places. So I moved to Florida about a year ago, right? And it blew my mind just how open everything was. Um, and then you have places like New York, which just announced um, that they were relaxing a lot of their restrictions. And uh, Vegas, as we know, has had larger and larger events. So I think in the US, you're seeing a reopening and a reconnecting in, in terms of hybrid and, and a little bit more face-to-face. -face. But then in places like Canada, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of conversations uh, with Canadian event planners, and they are still planning almost entirely virtual events. 
because of their restrictions. The UK, France, very similar because they're dealing with the new COVID variants. And so it really is so different. And that's why you need to think of a, a, whoever you choose as a provider. Do they have a robust virtual and live experience? And can they flip on a dime where maybe the restrictions are loosened, um, like, like what has been happening the last few months? Um, and then maybe you bring the app in where you might have before just had a web portal, right? So just think of thinking about, you know, what what your and, and this isn't just the case with 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 event tech and with this particular application, but who all of your vendors, like how are they experienced in the live aspects and in the virtual aspects? Can they flip if need be, depending on the dynamics of the government in your particular area? So those are all things I would always kind of keep in mind. For sure, our clients are like, so do we plan a virtual event? Do we plan a live event? And we're like, okay, first of all, where are you? <laughs> and second of all, look up on the you know, CDC exactly. map to see what the restrictions are. And exactly. like you said, things just switch. I mean, that happened last year, right? In March, we were just finishing a huge event Yep. and everything was going great. And then a week after that, I had to send my entire team to work remotely and yep. we were shut down. Yep. It happened I that fast. I was at um, Tia, the special event cater source in Las Vegas in March, and we brought our entire sales leadership team at BizBash to show that we were um, still engaging with the industry despite what was happening. And then literally the, the entire world and the entire country felt like it shut down in, overnight. So, um, so it really did create for, for those people who were considering events, okay, let's go to the drawing board in April and May and figure out how do we create dynamic virtual experiences instead of just postponing all the time and canceling, um, let's focus on a gathering that can be virtual. And so I feel like it's been, it's been this kind of reimagination in the entire events industry on how do we engage and what we're seeing is that with these virtual and hybrid experiences, you now open yourself up to new audiences that you never would have had when it was a live event only. Um, it really is kind of cool how you can add new, um, new countries and new um, diverse perspectives to your, to your event and your conference. It's so true. I mean, last, honestly, because of pandemic and last year we actually got our first Canadian client here at Innovate Marketing Group. We're like, internet, Yay, like, great, we're going up, you know. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, John, this has been truly incredible. So how can the audience get in touch with you? Yeah, so number one, you can email me, john.diatomo at venue-iq.com. You can follow me on, on Instagram at uh, jadiatomo. Um, it, follow me on social. That's where a lot of my conversations start, honestly, is the Instagram DMs. Just today it happened. So you never know what you're gonna what you're gonna find. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. And you just have been a wealth of resource. I know you're a thought leader within the industry. So that's why we're so grateful that you can make the time to be with us today. And for those of you that are joining us today, thank you for tuning in for today's episode of Event Up. If your company is looking to level up your event experience, we are your solution. We do all the work, you take all the credit. Don't forget to share and subscribe to more episodes. And we'll Thank you for listening. 
Tune in next time on Event Up.